This podcast is brought to you by our fine supporters at Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s to get a dozen bonus episodes, more than a dozen bonus episodes, including our latest on John Carpenter's 1978 classic, Halloween, a movie we both adore. And we had a great time pointing out the union and non-union leaves, as well as some other delightful things about that masterpiece of American cinema. Visit patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s to learn more about the bonus episodes, the monthly newsletter, and all the other great stuff that comes from supporting the show. Patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, a true master of disguise, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. I'll take it. And uh, also a guy who is like, mm, I definitely am not going to impersonate people of other races for this. Yeah, oh God, no, oh God. <laughs> uh, I feel like uh, we're, we're, we're talking today... Uh, about who's Harry Crumb, a John Candy movie. Have you ever seen no, before? I don't think never. I've ever seen before. There, we'll, we'll get into this later because there were two sequences that felt really familiar to me, and I'm wondering if like I caught part of it on TV or something. It feels like a Comedy um, Central kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, one I hadn't seen before that I was like pretty intrigued by, and also a little confused by by what while yep. watching. So uh, let's just get into it. We watched Who's Harry Crumb, and that's the question we're all asking. So you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your tragically generic comedy. Something good. It's your tragically generic comedy. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. That is a good way to put it, but I have this question for you, and it is this. If we watched this like 12 times before we turned 12 years old, would we love this just as much? Because I think the answer to that is yes. <sighs> maybe. I think maybe. Okay. But it just, it doesn't have like the same sparkle as a John Candy. Like it, it doesn't feel like it was written for John Candy. Or, like, that he really had a hand in it. Even though it says yeah. he's a producer it, and all of that. He, he he apparently was, like... So, I don't know about what you're saying, like, the the, the build-up. But the, the post thing, like, he himself bought billboards for the movie when the t- releasing company did not. Like, he yeah, was, I like, mean, well, they're he, not advertising Look, the they saw the movie. Like, they, they saw the same movie yeah. we did. I also would be like, but we're he, not going to advertise this. He apparently, like, really liked this movie. He really liked this performance. He was, like, really proud of this movie, obviously, and, like, really did not agree with them. So I, it's interesting. I mean, I have a theory, which I think we've talked about on the podcast before, but I don't think this is, like, a five-timer. But most passion projects suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, most of the things that people are like, oh, I've been dying to make this forever and ever, and it's been, like, my back burner project forever, aren't good. I remember Melissa McCarthy had one. And I don't remember which of her movies it was, but it was one that she had been like desperate to make for years. They had written the script together. It sat in a drawer. She got enough clout to make it. And then it was just like, but this movie stinks. Huh. Like it's just I wonder not which one it was. Good. And it's not it's not uncommon, I feel like, for the passion project that like an actor is like really, really holding on to, you know, holding a torch for just ends up being kind of a dud. I don't know why that ends up being true, but I feel like it's kind of true. Yeah, I don't. It just it it felt like a plug and play. Like 
it was written yeah, for anyone. Like at times, it honestly feels like a kids' movie. Like Ernest yes. the Detective. Yeah, the part in which Shawnee Smith goes from like the sister of <clears throat> the victim to sidekick, I was like, wait, what? What movie is this? I'm, I mean, I'm I liked that element to it. I thought she kind of she's actually quite she's good. really charming and fun and brings like a, a really great element to the to the movie. Mm-hmm. But I just it it started it felt like Ernest the detective, or uh, or like uh, the kind of kids comedy jokes in like a heavyweights or uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually seen this movie, but like an MVP Most Valuable Primate or a Dunstan checks. In. See, we were not a Dunstan checks in family. We were a Monkey Troubles no. or you Monkey yeah, Business with Thora Birch, right? Yeah, I think Monkey Troubles with Thora Birch and a, and a capuchin. Is it Monkey Troubles? Monkey business is like a phrase. Monkey Troubles is nothing. I think it's Monkey Troubles because the monkey was a, a pickpocket, a trained pickpocket. And so she had to but teach him to be nice and not steal. Wouldn't, I, I, you know, I'm not, I don't mean to smirch the, you know, very talented executives who greenlit monkey business or monkey troubles but like wouldn't a pickpocket monkey also make sense if it was called monkey business i i, I agree you I, we, you could google real quick just because i don't <laughs> i i just it's just i love the idea that it is not that, i mean that makes oreos it put out a s'more flavored oreo and didn't call it s'moreo until like five years after the fact so did they eventually yeah it? It, like last year they just put it out as a s'moreo and everyone was like finally it is called Monkey Trouble. What a bad name. Yeah, okay. I do remember that movie. Also, I, I thought I was like, I was like, surely this is your brain. <laughs> the last synapse is firing as you go into the light here. Uh, I'm like, Harvey Keitel was the bad guy in that, right? And he oh, is. is he? Oh, he's the one who, it was Har- his monkey. Yeah. And he, <laughs> I just remember like creepy ass Harvey Keitel running around with Thor Birch and a monkey. Like, what, what are we doing? Try, he was like, I remember him like breaking into the house to try and get the monkey back. I wonder if that's streaming anywhere. That's that got to be. <laughs> this is, this is one of those things where it's like, oh, oops, we backdoor, we backdoored ourselves into doing monkey trouble. I mean, I, I'm fine with that. I'll rewatch that. I'll revisit that movie and see what happens. But you're you're totally right in this. Like a lot of the jokes in this are like really broad kids movie. And I was thinking like there's like a subtle difference between the great outdoors where he has like the crazy water ski sequence mm-hmm. and the the general shenanigans of a summer rental where it's like the boat is you know it's like they're kind of wacky fixing up the boat. boat. But it's not like, yeah, but like and then he like is using his pants as a sail. You know, it's like a little silly. Mm-hmm. And like this. Where he gets spun so fast on a ceiling fan. And no one notices. <laughs> and then gets like launched somehow and no one notices that. And then the like whole sequence in the air vents, I was just like, I mean, look, I'm an adult, so maybe I'm judging this incorrectly. But this is not this is not a kid's comedy. Works. Like I don't that's what I thought too. I was confused. It just it 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 doesn't it doesn't have that that sparkle that je ne sais quoi that that it factor yeah. that I come to expect from even movies for like Little Shop of Horrors. It's not a John Candy movie, but his right, he right. his performance in that has a, like a spark to it. There, yeah, to use a baseball analogy, he's like a he, like a guy you can plug in for a pinch hit and get you know a solid hit, a double, a, you know, up to a home run, and it's like yeah, of course it's John Candy. Yeah, it, and it just doesn't feel 
I don't know. It's hard to explain and yeah. describe. There's just something yeah. missing, and I don't know it's what flat. it is. It's a little flat. It is. And I the the, the other the other thing that I found interesting is like uh, obviously he is not a good guy. Uh, Ed Rooney. Oh, from Jeffrey Chris Jones. Bueller. Jeffrey Jones. Thank you. Uh, obviously. Uh, he is a dude who has done some pretty gross crimes, and I obviously we don't condone that. We we def- you have to touch on that every time you do a Jeffrey Jones vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like this is him three years after Ferris Bueller, where he's playing this same kind of like dipshit. Well, but John Hughes recommended him for this role. Yeah, John, alleged. Yeah, and apparently, Candy, according to IMDb, yeah, they wanted John Candy wanted John Larroquette, and he was unavailable because of night court. Yeah, I think Larroquette might be an improvement here but i still don't think that's the right energy i think you need more like a uh, ed bagley jr he's uh, an ed bagley jr could pull it off honestly this is kind of like a steve martin role like uh he's he seems nice but underneath he's kind of a dirt bag like uh, i can see that you know, he could he could do that um and there are other actors too i mean that are honestly it feels like, like steve martin could have been harry crumb it it feels like yeah, Martin Short yeah. could have been Harry Crumb. Yep. Or yeah. Martin Short absolutely got the script for Harry Crumb. Yeah, <laughs> like I would bet a finger, and then, like that came across. Honestly, you know who should have been uh, uh, the 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 role, the the uh, Ed Rooney who? role, Nathan Lane. Oh, he would have been interesting. Yeah, I very like interesting. Can, in I this. feel like I feel like he can do that. Like he's smiling, but it's like a simmering poison underneath. Is like sort of how this character would be more interesting to me. It might dip a little too heavy just because i i know he's good at funny but he also is good at like i feel like there's a good sinister like evil actor under there and i feel like it might get too evil i mean this is a pretty sinister character <laughs> he has a, a woman tied in a horse cage with a guy with a uh, a cattle prod outside it's not I, like well, he's like i know like, on paper like but the way the movie presents having. it is not very yeah it's wacky yeah yeah well, well, we'll we'll just work our way through it. We can talk more about it. Um, we start with this. We're doing a mud bath. It's a, lady it's a, weir- a lot of shocked. weird leering shots of a lady undressing in a blue void, but no nakedness. No, no butt, no nipples. We like, but it's it's just like kind of like scintillating. It, it's it's the same thing they did in that episode of Who's the Boss where he caught her in the shower. <laughs> okay, I I do not know this. But so the, there's an episode of Who's the Boss where. Uh, he caught um, Judith Light coming out of the shower and they obviously didn't show like a naked Judith Light, but what they did was like close-ups of body parts you don't normally see without clothes on. So it was like, like a, like an elbow. It was like knee and above the knee and the knee and the thigh and the collarbone. It was just like close crash zooms on these body parts you don't normally see. So it felt, yeah, it felt scintillating, but yeah, that's what it is. It's like her, peeling down her stockings and like yeah unzipping her also, dress let's talk about let's talk about the outfit you wear to go to the spa you're putting on stockings that's i mean today it's like if you go to a spa or a or a massage place it's like i'm wearing basketball shorts and and a big t-shirt even if you don't want to go all the way to the casual of that which i'm with you like you're going to be taking it off anyway it makes sense to take clothes that are easy to take off but it's just like I don't know how like jeans and a nice top. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're going to get naked. You got to take this off. Even if you have like somewhere to go after, you know, I would think you'd want to, you know, like just a basic clothes, like the getting, getting all the way to like skirt and stockings. I thought was wild. It is. And then it turns out to be this weird, like death becomes her spa. 
Yeah, yeah. Also, I could not get over. So this is obviously this scene is supposed to be titillating, but nobody's naked, which I was shocked by, because the score underneath is pure Cinemax. Oh, Skinemax, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is pure Skinemax, just like royalty-free saxophone. Dot MP3 saxophone, <laughs> yeah, with like you know, kind of like that sexy jazz tone to it. Not not like uh, you know, we're not doing the like ripping sax solo here. It's like smooth, like mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I was just like, what in the hell is this movie? <laughs> because the other thing that's crazy is, in hindsight, that there's no nudity here. Is like later we get topless Annie Potts. Well clothed in sheer fabric any pots but like when did you you didn't see any pots as nipples in this movie oh oh when she's in bed with with jeffrey jones because i was pretty distracted by it you're right i forgot you're right i i was like i can't believe this is this is in this movie uh anyway I was just shocked that this movie was not more, and also I guess that would play even it'd be even weirder with the kids' movie tone if we had just like a naked woman at the start of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get like a a guy with a chloroform cloth. It's the first of many instances where like someone magically makes zero, no- like The Last of Us. Yeah. The clickers are in the room. It's it's uh, <laughs> what is oh a quiet Press place the crouch. Like it is, there is no noise. Yeah. And I was like, I've never, ev- I, like, even someone like being shoved from behind, I've never seen someone make zero noise. Yeah. Uh, so they chloroform the attendant and then they chloroform the woman on the table. She makes noise. Turn, yeah. The woman on the table makes yeah, noise. She sure does. And I was like, she oh, so sure this is, it, okay, got it. Nonsense is what we're doing. Got it, got it, got it. They, they knock over the, the like spa mud onto this guy's black cowboy boot and they make a point to show you the mud splashing on the black cowboy boot. Everyone pay attention yes. to the mud on the black cowboy boot. And I went, oh, check off yeah. muddy boot. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I hope you suck that away for no reason. Well, it's especially weird because John Candy wears black cowboy I, boots. It, they made a point to show you that later and I was like, oh no, I they're going to pin it on him. Yeah, yeah. No, it just doesn't mean anything. All of this makes sense. I'm wondering if there's like another, like that was a cut from a version of this in which John Candy was like undercover in the spa or something. I don't even need him to be undercover in the spa. Just like, hey, Harry, it turns out Harry Crumb is the one who, because Jeffrey Jones could have like made a bunch of shit up and like, oh, Harry yeah. Crumb really like, demanded to be put on this case and blah, blah, blah. Like he, like, it, yeah. it felt like yeah. it kept wanting to go somewhere else and it just did nothing. Yeah. And also like, oh, and Harry Crumb always wears black cowboy boots. And look, we have a cowboy boot print at the scene. Mm-hmm. In, in his it's the only thing the security things. cameras caught was cowboy boots. And there's like a, a bit where like Jeffrey Jones has to put on two big boots and has to like stuff socks in the toes so he can wear them or something. Mm-hmm. Like, give, give me the whole business. Uh, so we find out that John Candy is the last in a long line of detectives that all go by the name Crumb. I... I I saw this and truly went, I wish John Candy could have been in like a mini series where each episode is one of his ancestors at a different point in history. Oh, sure. Like. Probably way more entertaining than this, honestly. Yeah. Like he's working with that first female Pinkerton guard in back when Lincoln Mm -hmm. was president. And like Mm -hmm. he's, I don't know, undercover for some crazy cult in the 60s and like just weird specific points in history and obviously never use the real thing. Yeah. But do like a weird approximation yeah. where we all know what we're trying to trying to wink at here. Yeah, yeah. 
like a like a Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Or or the the new except many people. The new I guess they did the real ones, but I was like the new uh, history of the world. Yeah, they they use real things, but you know, yeah. So we have uh, our first disguise in the movie, and he's in this insane Doc Brown esque. Actually, you know what he's more like? It's more like Beekman. <laughs> Do you remember Beekman's World? Oh yeah, you're right. Apparently that show is like absolutely huge in South America. Really? And to the point where like, yeah, to the point where like, I don't know how recently, but like relatively recently Beekman would do like sold out stadiums. <laughs> I don't know if it's stadiums, but like sold out tours. Is the uh, Elaine, is like, the Elaine lookalike doing it with him? Was there an Elaine lookalike on Beekman's world? The woman who on Beekman's world, I always thought looked like Elaine. There was Beekman, a rat and an Elaine lookalike. I remember Beekman and the rat. I don't remember a lady. Um, but yeah, he's got this like bright of Frankenstein hair, but like Doc Brown color, yeah, white, white, whitish gray. It's that movie um, thing where you put on a disguise that draws even more attention to you than you're than yes, you normally every, would. Every single one of his disguises is like him as big as possible, like drawing as most. It's as like as a possible. McNugget buddy that's... costume. It's just <laughs> it's big and obvious. That's exactly it. It just yeah, clips on yeah. his head and it, it, like. It has to fit over a McNugget, so it's, like, very large. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is the first of many bad costumes. And the first uh, of many, whoa! Yeah, this is a whoa-ass movie, which is a disappointment. But he's uh, on what is the most backlot-looking building. Oh, my God. Like, it's in it's in Disney. Time. It's still in Hollywood Studios in Disney World, basically. Yeah, yeah, or Universal, wherever it is. Like, you can go visit this building, and it looks the same. Uh, and he's he's trying to take pictures. I did like that this represents private detectiving correctly, and that like eighty five percent of that job is taking pictures of people cheating on spouses. Yeah, it's just probably pretty. Depressing. It's being a pornographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much they're actually getting porn as i mean as, like here's isn't husband entering i mean people, hotel room photographs of people having sex is pornographic no, no no i'm just saying i think usually it's like here's the picture of your husband entering the motel with the woman oh i mean you yeah know, not i don't think they're like in flagrante delicto like, here here's here's the nakedness that's all one of those things feels like a crime one of those fe- things does not that's all uh, Don't you know, private detective license are, are hand-wavy, get-out-of-jail-free cards that are for everything. Yeah, of course. Uh, so he he uh, they go to a different room, and he can't get in there. And this is like kind of a decent bit where he's making the window washer thing swing over to the other window mm-hmm. and then snapping photos real quick. I kind of like this bit. I didn't like how it uh, ended, but I liked the visual of him like swinging. It was like, yes. click, 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 click. Yeah, yeah. The the way they get out of this bit is completely insane, and where I realize, like, oh no, this movie might be really bad. And that is a couple is having a fight about being cheated on, and he's like, "What's next? Someone's going to be sitting in my chair." And sure enough, here comes John Candy crashing through the window, landing in the chair, and the phone rings, and he picks up this complete stranger's phone and is like, "Harry Crumb, oh, it's for you." It's like, yeah, bud, no shit. Yeah, this movie also. The script is is bad because it doesn't know who Harry is. Like, is Harry an Ernest? Because Ernest does that kind of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. Actually, truly, I don't think I've ever seen an Ernest movie. I'm speaking very defamatorily about <laughs> Ernest, and I don't know. I think I've seen Scared Stupid because it's got the scary uh, trolls, trolls that are actually the clowns from Killer Clowns in a new paint. Are they really? Yeah. If you look at them, you can see that a lot of them are just slight, very slightly changed, but 
painted gray. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, it like can't just. Dis- I feel like we watched a few Ernest. I in the only house. have memory, vague memories of Scared Stupid because it was scary. If you if you were to ask me to bet on it, I feel like I've almost certainly seen Ernest Goes to Camp as well as Ernest Scared Stupid. And I remember being very frightened by Ernest Scared Stupid. I, re- I at one point or another, was like, oh, is this like something we should do on the podcast? And started looking those movies up. Are you aware that there's an Ernest Goes to Africa? When did it happen? Uh, like 93. Okay, not good. That's not going to so, be good. So it's just, it's certainly as culturally sensitive as you would hope that it would be. Oh, I'm sure. For, you know, a movie where Ernest goes to Africa. I think that one heavily involves basketball. I think Ernest, like... We're lucky that there wasn't good CGI, otherwise Ernest would have stretched his neck at one point. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) It still might be in there. It might be in there as, like, a practical gag. Oh, God. So, anyway, that exists. I don't know anything about it. But it just... The movie can never decide who Harry Crumb is. Like, is he a complete moron? Is he a savant detective? Is he a normal, just bumbling guy like it he bounces in between and it's so frustrating it feels to me like this is the sketch of a character that would have been a pretty solid usa network show in the psych and monk era of like goofy detective yeah yeah i could see that although he's a real detective normally they don't do although i guess monk was a yeah that's true although was no monk was a monk was a consultant he was not a detective so they were both consultants yeah i was gonna say so (laughs) that's the trick you can't be a real detective yeah, but I, it's like I I feel like I feel like if you had like if you took this character over the course of a season, you'd have kind of like found it as opposed to trying to find it over a movie where it just feels like a mess. Because like the joke should be that he's an idiot, but he keeps getting to the right answer. Mm-hmm. Like that's the funny version. Yes, yeah. I feel like it's like make him make him Columbo, but a dipshit. Honestly, him being he he would have been a recurring character on Psych that like. Sean doesn't have to pretend to be psychic. He just is around and is like fumbling into things. Before Sean yeah. can say it, he's like noticing stupid shit that no one else is paying attention to. Yeah, yeah. And like I, like the other way to make that work too is like he has an insanely specific knowledge about one or two things and somehow that comes into play in solving the case yeah. all the time. Or, or, like, or he knows like, this- like trivia. He knows random trivia stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like in this one, he knows a ton about the car. And I was like, oh, this is probably going to be like, oh, he knows how to stop it because he knows all about this car. No, no, that's not it. He just like can say the name of the car in reverential way so that the guy gives it to him. It's just like, oh, that's that's really dumb. Yeah. it's And if you're making a kid's movie, it makes sense that you'd have inconsistencies like that. But it's not a kid's movie. So, right. Like... Give the give the, give the script a, a second pass. Yeah, and the other thing that I find very odd is, so we're in his so the window washing thing ends. We're in his office. He has an orange tree in his office, and the orange tree starts dropping fruits on the desk, and it happens two times. And then rule of threes in comedy. Mm-hmm. A full hour later, a different orange tree drops an orange on his nuts, and he goes like, "Ooh!" And I, I thought it was on like, his head. I think it's on his head. I thought maybe it just lands in his lap. Whatever. An orange falls on him later in the movie. And I was just like, wait, is that like a callback to the orange tree at the beginning? Mm Because I honestly thought it was kind of funny. This woman like 
barges into his office and she's like, where are the pictures of my cheating husband? And he, you know, hands her over the pictures. And this is not, <laughs> this is not what she wanted. I took pictures of the wrong person cheating. She, he took pictures of his own, cl- the woman who came to him and said, take pictures of my cheating husband. He took pictures of her. Yeah. And I was like, but that is just like beyond stupid. Really stupid. Like beyond, yeah. like how do you get dressed in the morning? Stupid. Right. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And then he was like, oh, you took what, like hired me to take pictures of you sleeping with your husband. And I was like, wait a minute. Was she sleeping with her husband? Right. We've never seen the like, husband. And her reaction right. doesn't tell and us I, an answer. And I was like, wait, is this like a game they play where they're like, they like go to a motel. So it's like illicit that they're having, like, it's like they're, they're like, yeah. you know, people do stuff to spice things up. Is this like a thing they do? And then he took pictures of that by accident. And it's like. She thinks that he's actually cheating by doing this with somebody else, which is very confusing as a, as it's, a, as a it plot. It just, I was so mad. Like, as, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, I don't, I, I don't know what movie I'm in now. Yeah. But I will say, like, while that fight is occurring, I thought the orange tree just, like, dropping fruits was, like, kind of funny in a non-sequitur I liked way. it. Like, it, it, it was mildly amusing. Well, because also the movie starts with so Jeffrey strange. Jones talking in such reverence about Harry Crumb and how he's the best in the business. And then we see him, and I was like, he's kind of bumbling, but, like, maybe that's his shtick, that, like, he's brilliant, but bumbling, because that's, we've seen that a hundred right. times. And then he, like, Bravo. pulls this out five seconds later, where he's like, I took pictures of you, who asked me to take pictures of your husband instead. And I was like, so wait, huh? Yeah. Like, how, yeah, like you said, how are you even functionally alive? Mm-hmm. I do love this comedy cut here where it's like he, the phone rings. They're like, we need you to come to Los Angeles. And we cut from, like, an airplane. And then we zoom pan down, down into the pan bus. Down, track down. Yeah. And it's a bus. And he's on the bus with Jim Belushi in an in, uh, inexplicable cameo. They probably were just friends, right? Yeah, I guess. But it's just like, hey, yeah, uncredited cameo, Jim Belushi. Yeah. Uh, and uh, John Candy's eating cherries. He's kind of doing some Uncle Bucky shtick here, I feel. A little like. bit, yeah. Where it's like he's eating cherries and he offers them to the stranger and he says no. And then he opens a Coke. Or a a cold, Coke. refreshing Diet Coke with only one calorie cola. Okay, do you want to know about this? Because your your mind's about to be blown. Hold on, let me find it in my notes. Because it was you because United Artists was owned by the Coca Cola Corporation. Yeah, TriStar was owned by United Artists, which was then in turn owned by Coca Cola. Yes, Shinehart Wig Company. And so every every TriStar movie and most uh, United Artists movie featured Coke heavily, and this movie is no different. <laughs> the crisp, refreshing taste of one calorie Diet Coke. The, the point later where John Candy is, like, spinning around the fan, the little boy is drinking a can of Coke in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's not. No, everyone he's not. Else, everyone else everyone has, has beverages in glasses, and this little boy has a can of Coke turned just perfectly to camera. Although, wait a so minute. Wasn't there a later. restaurant we went to with some frequency where they did that? You got a cup of ice yeah, and a uh, can? Big fish. I thought it was big. I was was like, wait a minute, maybe that is a thing with like seafood restaurants and we just don't realize. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was their thing there. I remember. I always remember that. A bottle or a can? So weird. It was a bottle of Coke. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That cannot be cheaper than getting just a soda line. No, there's no way that's less, that's less expensive. None. And all the plastic waste. Well, yeah. But why do they care about that? It's not their job. That's not their problem. Yeah, I guess. Uh, then we cut to a scene where he's like trying to rent a car, and very clearly they shot this scene with dialogue, and then we're like, "Yeah, we got to get rid of this, but we have to get him in a car." Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "You don't though. Like, it's fine if he just 
has a car. We can just assume he rented it. Yeah. You know? And they have a whole scene where he, they're, like, trying to sell him the nicer car. And he's like, no, no, no. I want the pieces. There's shirt. also a and weird. He drives so off the lot. He, they're trying to put, get him in the fancy red car. And he's like, no, I want this green car. And it's called, like, Smokey's Cars or whatever. And then yeah. on the windshield, it says Smokey's Discount on the green car that he's trying to get. And the K-E-Y or the E-Y-S looks yeah. like it's been, uh, like, a different car, like, is covering something up like oh. as if there was something different on the original thing and they're like well like it said smokers and like oh we got to fix that it's so weird i thought it was going to be a thing i did not catch that yeah i was i was assuming this car was like like uh danny devito and matilda where he's like putting sawdust in the radiator or whatever he says he does rolling the getting a drill to roll back the numbers yeah yeah uh, but no, the gag is he pulls it off the lot, the cheaper car, and immediately gets T-boned and then has to drive off in the more expensive car. Yeah. And that's why they kept this scene, because they were like, we filmed the car accident, so yeah, we're using the footage. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a bad, it's a dialogue song that's one of those ones that's like, kind of be in the movie plot a little bit. I like, didn't even notice any lyrics, it's I gotta not, be honest. It's, it's, it's not to the level of like, and we're gonna be detectives, but it's like, you know going to the city kind of thing and it's just like all right what i don't want this take it away yeah uh we get to the chrome offices where this now this is a part of this that i find uh, genuinely confusing ed rooney is supposed to be real schlubby down as luck guy but he is the president of this detective agency in a fancy ass is, office yes and in his office specifically he has not only a number of dinosaur skeletons, but also allegedly one of two in existence triceratopsi. Pterodactyl. Why is sorry, so pterodactyl? Why is he poor? Maybe like, he's just not a millionaire. He spend all the money. He spent all the money on the fossils, and he has no money. I left. mean, you could sell that that pterodactyl egg fossil. I mean, yeah, if it's one of two, also. Not to be, you know, a douche, but this belongs in a museum. There's only one of two. <laughs> and it doesn't have a cultural attachment, so it does actually belong in a museum. Exactly, yeah. Well, if it has cultural attachment, it just belongs in a museum of the place where it's from, you know? I'm putting it, could be, it's, let it be their decision. Let it be that culture's decision. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I'm just saying give it back to them, and hopefully they put it on display for other people to see. Yeah. I was just talking about this at, 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 at work. I forget the context, but like how Greece is like, hey, uh, Brit Britain, can we please have back the Parthenon that you took and put in the British Museum? And Britain's like, it's really nice there. Though. We take we take you know? better care of it than you probably could. That's what you they've said. Like almost went on record. You guys went you guys went bankrupt and stuff. So like. Don't think you're good enough to handle the Parthenon. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's also, I think it, where the Rosetta Stone comes from, I think it's Egypt, but I don't, I'm not brilliant. Yeah. Has a photo of the Rosetta Stone because the real Rosetta Stone is in the yeah. fucking British Museum. <laughs> yeah. The place where it came from and was found has to be like, here's a picture. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, the other bit that I enjoy, there's a bunch of dumb, like, physical comedy bits. John Candy is like, they're like, explore the space. Mm-hmm. It's really what it feel, felt like. It's like, we're just going to roll on you for, like, 20, and then we'll cut what we need. So he does a pretty classic gag of, he has a bunch of pencils. He puts it in an electric sharpener. And again, this is like, this man is too dumb to, br- like, this man is so dumb, he has to have, like, breathe in on one hand and breathe out on the yep. other and keep his hands in front of his face but like he puts the pencil in the pencil sharpener and sharpens it down to a little nubbin mm-hmm. they, he gets his tie stuck in a shredder because well i mean i'll say yes. we as people we love shredders the same way we like want to touch wet paint if it says wet paint yeah it's a weird yeah, yeah. compulsion the call of the void is what it's called yeah the call of the void yeah, yeah. It, it's like no truly it's like the same there's like a there's a real phenomenon of like when you walk up to a on a bridge when you walk across a bridge there's like a party that's like should I jump off that? You know what I mean? It's the call of the void. And we call them so. intrusive thoughts when you have ADHD, and you have to not let them win. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, you shouldn't jump off the bridge. But I I, uh, I remember a couple years ago, Mom for Christmas got me a, like a plasma lighter. I don't know if you remember that, but it like, does this little like... Oh, it's the two yellow. prongs with the, z- with the zap in the middle? Y- yeah, yeah. It's like this little purple... It looks like something uh, that a mad scientist would have a big version. Of. <laughs> yes. This one's like you know, pocket size. And I, I was like, I remember playing with it and being like, I want to stick my finger in that so badly. And like, obviously I didn't because it would hurt tremendously. But I, I said that to mom and she was like, what? And I was like, look at it. And she's like, oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's just like it, your brain is like, oh, what's, what's that? Well, I also gotta, we did, we did use to do that with that old broken statue of Liberty lighter. Yes. And get the shot. Just it was yeah. It, it was just on your wrist and go up your fingers. Yeah, it was because the it was out of fluid and flint, I think. So it was just sparking at that point. Yeah, and so you yeah. could put your finger on it and get a little. Bzzz. I was just explaining that to uh, my brother-in-law, and he could not have understood it last. Oh, it was so hard. Oh, what's it like to be I neurotypical, like, huh? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I put it on my wrist, and then you could feel the, the electricity go up your fingertips. It's like an EMG. Yeah. EKG? No, no, EMG. An EKG is for your heart. An EMG is a nerve conduction study test. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's just it's just like all of it is just like a little too much physical comedy. It's just like a little too much paprika in here. Yeah. Or, or, or you know, Eugene Levy would have been a solid choice for Harry Crumb too. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just, it's just, it's just ten percent too much physical comedy. Like you don't need the pencil gag and then the tie gag and then the like cutting the tie with the scissors and then the secretary comes in and it's like. He reacts as if she caught him masturbating. Like, it's just all the energy is off to me. Yeah. And then he gets called into Jeffrey Jones' office and he goes, oh, I don't need the case file. I have it memorized. And then he rattles off every detail about the case that would be in in the folder. And I was like, well, hang the fuck on. Yeah. And and it's not like he says it all and Rooney's like, literally none of that is right. He gets right. one thing he's wrong because like, no, he talks about jewels right. at the end. He's like, no one's talking about the stolen jewels. And and Rooney's like, it's a kidnapping. And he's like, that's what I meant. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. The guy who memorized the fucking three-page dossier about this kidnapping yeah. doesn't, wouldn't also be like, well, what about jewels? Yeah, it makes no sense. It's very strange. Uh, so we find out here that Rooney is crooked. Uh, he we get the phone call where he's like, ah, they're walking into our trap. Harry Crumb is gonna is gonna make sure we get away with this. Oh, was that? I forgot that was here. Yes, yes, yes. And this, this is like basically the idea is like this guy is so dumb he's going to help us get away from it or with it rather. Yeah. And then so we go to the house. We have Shawnee Smith again, and there's like 
with the physical comedy where uh, oh yeah she was just in, in the blob just do, two, the blob that's right um i think it's like a year later it's crazy because she looks very different it was a hell of a year for her because she looks like a yeah a like a late teen in this and in the blob she looks yeah. like a 20 something well it's funny because the blob's 88 wait the blob was it's first nine isn't it yeah the blob's 88 i think this is 89 that's wild because she feels a lot younger in this movie yeah, I know she does. I think part of it is the 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 way she's dressed and stuff. Um, but the candy is like, you know, I'm gonna look everywhere for her, and he does this like lunge dive and looks behind a chair and just like again, the idea that this man is dumb enough that he thinks the missing kidnapped girl is in her is own home a chair in the foyer and is just like chilling there. I guess uh, Annie Potts comes in looking fucking stunning. Yeah, like smoke show Annie Potts. Yeah, I was like, what the hell happened to you between 1984 and 1989? This is a different vibe. Well, she was do. I think it's de- I think it's designing women. She let designing women happen oh, to her. Oh, okay. Even though she wasn't particularly sexy in that show, but she was around a lot of like. Yeah, I was like, I think of that show as like a lot of chunky knit sweaters. No, 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 no. no. That show is that show is shiny polyester and shoulder pads. Okay. She's kind of like. Okay the not homely one but she's like the homebody she's a divorcee she has a kid she's like the least flashy of the four women okay well she looks great and later she's naked which i was stunned by did not expect that in this movie again because it's kind of like a kid's movie well it's funny because i saw uh her reaction her and shawnee smith's interaction i was like oh it feels like a stepmom stepdaughter like that's interesting that it's not and then five minutes later they're like well she is their stepmother, and I was like, called it, but it seems weird that you waited so long to drop that in. Like, you either need to yeah. drop that in at the end as a reveal, or just put it in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, by the way, just uh, so everyone knows how hip my lingo is, that Annie Potts isn't looking like a snack. She's looking like a feast. Okay. I'll take it. Um, we go to the office uh, of the of the, the father of the missing girl, and Candy is really turning on the blundery stuff here. Like, first he knows exactly what kind of fishing lure he's tying. And then five seconds later, he's got his hand in the fish tank. And a fish has, like, swallowed up to the middle knuckle on his finger. And he can't get it off. And then, like, a gag I did like, he, like, flicks his I, hand and it lands on a picture. I did like that. It's the exact size of the fi- fish in the picture. Which It's almost funny. Kramer is how stupid these all feel. It's, it's like dumber Kramer, though. It's like... Some it's like a bad it's it is like a high schooler in in a small town doing Kramer for the talent show or in the musical. He's just doing Kramer as his character for the like. Oh, 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 okay. You're saying it's like the music. man. He's like Mr. Mushnick in Little Shop and he's just doing it as Kramer. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay. But it's like a high schooler doing it's like a it's just like a bad version of a thing. Like Kramer's funny. Yeah. I'd like his physical comedy. I don't love all of it, obviously. Uh and I could, you know, certainly do without the stand. <laughs> well <laughs> But uh, you know, in terms of like the the formula of that show, like he brings a flavor that nobody else is bringing. But the difference is like there's three other comedy viewpoints on that show, and this we just have Harry Crumb. So it's just like a bad Kramer turned up to 30. Yeah, so he's like bumbling around, gets his a fish caught on his finger, slams his hand on some fish hooks. 
And like the, the problem is like you you put ten jokes in like if you just did the fish hooks I thought that one was funny. Well, like, but I, no, I, the I problem is what good. happens next. He does the fish and the fish hooks, and he's like bumbling around cu- like soaking wet, and then he picks up three darts and makes three bullseyes. And yeah. I was I was again confused. But the third bullseye knocks the whole board down and breaks a bunch of glass. which isn't his fault. Like right that's not it's not like he like right hucked it at it he was just throwing darts right. and you know, he made three bullseyes and then the last one made it fall and i was like i'm just confused by everything yeah yeah it's a very bizarre tone over and over again and that's what we're gonna say this whole movie sorry to tell you uh especially like this next sequence he goes to question uh, have you ever the spa. have you ever seen little britain yeah uh, I mean, I'm aware of it. I don't know that I've watched a lot. So, like, I know what you're, I think you're saying he, I, are you going to say that he looks like the bald guy? It looks like when they put the bald guy is in characters. Cause there is a character. Yes. He did at one point in little Britain play a, a, an Indian character. The okay. joke was that they, ca- they weren't going to let him in cause he was Indian, but he was British because so many Indian people live in London at this, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, he like put in the, it's like the fake teeth and the, t- the tan skin and the stupid accent that's offensive. I was like, this just feels yeah. like that guy, oh, what is he hosts the Great British Bake Off now and he's gay. I can't remember his name. Noel. No. Wait, the bald one? The bald the, one. Noel is. Mighty Boosh. Noel is old Greg and the Mighty Boosh and then the bald guy. But he also is a Great British Bake Off. He, yeah, they both host. They're co-hosts. Okay. Okay. I was like, the Mighty Boosh also does. Yeah, I know the actor you're talking about. Matt, he, had, he, he did a he he did a movie where he played. Um, damn it! What the hell is her name? I always remember the character Fat Amy from the Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. He played. Like yes, he played her he played her, her brother. brother. Yeah, and it was like great casting. Like they facially look a lot alike. What movie was that? We read your diary. Remember. We thought it was a sad handwritten book. <laughs> I remember that line. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a good actor. That guy is funny. He's he's very funny. Um but he plays this like in this version of it, it's like this sort of like Zohani uh character. It is the like, Zohat or the the love guru. Yeah. It, well, this one is just like vaguely Middle Eastern. The other the other well the one in a bit is like just over Oh, that one's just full on not a, like Indian by nonsense. any stretch. Yeah. Uh, actually, before I forget to say this, while we're, I, I was going to say it later, but we're talking about this now. I was recently uh, recommended a sketch um, from, I forget what it was from. I think it was like, uh, I think it was a sketch comedy group that was all Indian people living in Britain. Okay. I think that's right. And the sketch is a group of Indian people are at an American or at a British restaurant. And the the, the bit is like, lampooning the behavior of boorish white assholes who like get drunk and go to get Indian food and treat the wait staff like assholes. Oh, that's so fun. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, they, they ask for food that's from a completely different culture. And it's like, all you people are the same, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But in this version of it, it is like six or eight drunk Indian people who are <laughs> like being like, Oh, bring me a cheeseburger. Isn't that all? I told you all, all the people look like you eat that food. That's fun fucking fantastic it's really 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 funny uh i will see if i can find that to send it to you but i i remember watching that and just like laughing my ass off it was really that's good done um yeah but so he's playing this like 
vaguely Middle Eastern character. He has like crazy eyebrows and he has crazy chest hair that then in like a little bit ends up being a crazy beard. Okay, well, first it becomes a Merkin. It, it, the Merkin, the Merkin joke I, is funny. I'll be honest. I laughed at the Merkin joke. If they had stopped at the Merkin joke and he just like slapped it back on his chest. I, I didn't need him to stare funny. down the barrel of the camera after the Merkin. Like we yeah. all get the joke. Yeah, we, we do. We do in fact see the big uh, hair mat that you dropped on this lady's crotch. We do, in, de- in fact, get it. Um, but this is another example of like where like we just don't know where the comedy is. So he plays this character, which I'm sure like was funnier at the time. And you know, I don't want to be the guy who's just always a scold of like you know taking things out of context or whatever. So he's like walking through like the the first part of this where he's like too tight too loose like talking about the hair on these yeah he's supposed to be there is like he is quality control of the spa like i guess they're a chain or something yeah but it's also like white people he he could have just been white and this this bit he he so so here's the problem i i was thinking about this too the other thing he would have done here at the time for sure would have been like the most mincing prancy gay character which I, I don't know which one's worse because the other Indian stereotype character is awful. This one is bad, but I don't know who specifically Yeah, I don't know who they're offending, but joke. It, it doesn't yeah, feel and, good. And it, that that might just be my ignorance, right? Like it could just be like I don't know the culture that's being lampooned here, but like I feel the same way about the Zohan where I'm like, that's probably bad, but I don't know who like what. Yeah. Like I, I am sure someone does and I'm sure that person's offended and I'll, you know, I, I respect it if I'm wrong here. I just, I'm just saying like, this is such a bizarrely vaguely painted thing that it doesn't feel quite as bad. And I was like a hundred percent. The other version of this is him doing like a very limp wristed, like flamboyant gay guy. And I don't think I like that. Better. I, but you're right. There is a way to do it where he's just like vaguely European. Yeah, he could have been a like a, done a fake like British, French, German accent or French. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, like oh, don't you? This is Gustav Wurtzine, the the number one hair man in Germany. You know, like he could have done that thing and just had him do the same bit. Mm-hmm. Or like I mean, you're you would lose John Candy for the scene, but like he could put on a wig and a quote unquote mask and then just have a woman walk in and do the scene. Oh sure, and then he, and it's like a complete. That's a great like if it's a completely different like completely different body type woman that would be very funny yeah to like me, actually it's it's an Annie Potts type like yeah and then like later we see him take the mask off and like part of the cut is like it's like that smoky bear that horrifying smoky bear ad from the eighties yes with a hot lady yeah. but like we have like a a thin model type person. And then as the mask comes off and reveals John Candy, it's him in the same outfit, but it's just his. Exactly. That is the joke I want. Much funnier. Yeah. Um, But I did, I have to admit, I did laugh at this. This is like a real naked gun type joke. That's what I'm, it's, they they think, I think they wanted to be a naked gun and a Mel Brooks, but they couldn't commit to it. And that's why it feels weird. Yeah. Because the, the, the tone of that works because it's a ridiculous spoofy thing mm-hmm. and it's like so heightened and ridiculous. But the like if the naked gun if this was a naked gun movie, it wouldn't be a teenage girl who got kidnapped. It would be like the Queen of England or something ridiculous. Like it would Or be she would have been like bigger... Miss America. She would have been like Yes. It's yes, not yes. some random teen model. It's 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 not grounded at all. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. 
So he starts interrogating this woman. We get the whole bit with the Merc in and we get the, you know, it's now it's a beard. But they start playing tic-tac-toe in the mud on this woman. I love this bit is so funny. It's it just really doesn't make sense in the fucking movie. As hell. No. And like that the woman doesn't react to it whatsoever. Who's being drawn on like mm-hmm. doesn't have any reaction. And then John Candy loses tic-tac-toe, which is also very funny to me. Like, again, we don't know what this character is because it's written poorly. But like, if you're an adult person who is dumb enough to lose tic-tac-toe, you're pretty fucking You shouldn't stupid. be a detective. Yeah, yeah. A tic-tac-toe game you started. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you if you go first in tic-tac-toe, it is functionally impossible to lose unless you do dumb shit. Which, like, yeah, you should, you know, intentionally throw games you're playing against a child. Yeah, children, it's sure. It's not that. And this is where we learn that the wom- the girl who got, the young woman who got kidnapped t- took Annie Potts' normally scheduled appointment time. Yes. And so I was like, so were they trying to kidnap Annie Potts? Right. Because immediately, and I think the answer is yes, but I don't think so because Annie. Also, it feels like Annie Potts should have been in on it, and she wasn't yes. ever in on it. Right, right. Which is right. funny that she had her own separate crime she was planning. Yeah, yeah. The idea that two different people were conspiring to kidnap this teenager is a really funny thing. But again, it's all like nothing in this movie is fully baked. Well, she no, no it wasn't like two push. people trying to kidnap. Two people wanted the well, money. I, okay. Once she gets kidnapped, Annie Potts tries to, like... She was like, I was going to kill my husband for the money. Now these kidnappers are going to take the money. Yeah, yeah. But this movie is just a bunch of bowls of cake batter. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And frosting. Like, it's not not a baked cake. It's it's just like, here, I don't know, you do something with this. Then we see that there's a weird, lazy butler who's an idiot. Like, what was he doing in this movie? This dude is like... A classic children's movie actor. I feel like I saw this guy in a bunch of stuff, and he always he has a very specific odd look and uh, I don't know unique look. Let's say unique or... look rather than odd. Say? Rather than calling him odd, let's say he has a unique look. Okay, okay, fair. I apologize, but I don't know if he actually is cross-eyed or he is cross-eyed for bits. But everything I've ever seen him in, he has I, this yes. like, sort of cl- cross-eyed business eyes and acts like a complete fool. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I've, I, I looked him up and immediately <laughs> forgot the other things that I would definitely know. Oh, you know what? No, he was in Back to the Future too. Yes, he's the one who says, "I think I stole his wallet." And he was yeah. in, but I'm a cheerleader. Okay, he's also he also played um, the 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 caterpillar in an Alice in Wonderland that I definitely saw as a kid. Oh, was it the one with Whoopi Goldberg? I is that live action? Yeah, she's it's it's, it's her okay. face in like a weird body. Okay, he that's what the caterpillar is. It's this guy's face in a weird body. Okay. Uh but yeah, he he pops up in like several scenes throughout the movie. It's, and it's like two or like, three. It's not enough to be like right. they should have just cut him or put him in more. Right. We're having dinner at the house with John Candy, the family, and the lead police detective. And Jeffrey and Jones. And Jeffrey Jones. And we're drinking Batman champagne, so you know it's a rich guy's house. At a long table. But also we learned that the uh, the kidnapper said they want ten million dollars, which is a hefty fucking ransom. Yeah. If you yeah. if you're if you got uh not Jay Edgar Hoover, J. J Paul Getty money, then yeah. Why are your well, kids ever alone? This this girl's lucky she's not a Getty because we all know what happened when that ransom note came in. He threw it in the trash and said, "Kill him." Mhm. Um but this is we've talked about this before. 
This was such a weird staple of the 80s, which is a woman in a hosiery sexily rubbing her toes on a guy's dick over his pants under the dinner table. And I like... Like this movie does a naked gun. It is style so of it. good. It is perfect yeah. this way. The way they do yeah. this, because it starts off with Annie Potts doing it, and she is she's rubbing John Candy's crotch, and you're like, oh man, what is this? And then he pops his shoe off, and he's got a hole in his sock and two toes wiggling free, which already great, already off yeah. to a great start. And he starts putting his foot in Ed Rooney's crotch, thinking it's. He, I think at least yeah, we, we were led to believe he it's not. We think he thinks it's Annie Potts. He definitely does. He definitely does. Although, call me crazy. I think if you put your foot on a man's crotch. But also, if, if she's different. got her foot on you and you put your foot on her, that, that feels yeah. like a fit. You can know what that feels you, like. You should you should feel a leg in there. But so it's like the, they're seated at the table. It's two. It's four people seated across from each other. You know, the person uh, on the left side. Reaching across Annie Potts is on the left, reaching reach, across to touch yeah, John Candy, who's it's reaching a Z. across. Just a Z. Yeah, reaching across to touch Ed Rooney, who thinks he's being touched by the police captain, chief, detec- detective, uh, detective at least. Yeah, detective, and she's speaking in a way that sounds like it is her touching him. Yeah, it's uh, it's double entendre all over the place. She's like, oh, he doesn't know what's happening right underneath his nose, and so. Jeffrey Jones is like, all right, and he starts to put his foot in her, and she immediately is like, not playing the game. So the whole thing just like comes to a halt. It's great. Yeah. And so she stands up and like yells at him, but I, I thought this was a good gag, but it's just, again, it's like, just we don't know what the tone of this movie it's, is at all. Yeah, it's a great gag, but it's just not for this movie. Also, yeah. I am on that police detective side the whole time. She is beleaguered and angry. And yeah. and just like over everyone's bullshit, yeah. And and also is like this man is a fucking idiot. I'm not going to answer to him. And she's right. Mm-hmm. Like he does stumble into the correct answer, but she is correct to be like this man's stupid. How do you not see that this man is stupid? Yeah. Uh, so Candy partners up with Shawnee Smith. He thinks and- that Annie Potts. He tells Shawnee Smith, "I think Annie Potts kidnapped your sister." Yeah. Um. And then we find out she just wanted to kill her husband for the money, which is great. Right. I like that. I like that. Yeah. He's not correct, but he's on the right track. Right, right. There's also a funnier version of this movie where, like, Annie Potts is like, oh, crap, I have to kill him fast before he pays off the ransom. Mm-hmm. And so there's, like, a series of um, better off dead-esque attempts on this man's life that keep going awry. More than just the one that we get. Yeah, like, if you did a, a couple of those and it kept being Harry almost getting killed, but, like, escaping by the skin of his teeth, I think that's Toaster funnier. in the bathtub. It, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it also changes the tone of the movie in such a way that, like, it's it heightens the absurdity of the movie, which makes the rest of the stuff make more sense, I feel like. Yeah. If that makes sense. I'm, I'm gonna, I had a little cold medicine, so making, making sure my thoughts are clear. So he and um, Shawnee Smith so are... They, spying on Annie Potts and her lover Vincent who is just who basically he looks like the father of of uh the bully who who goes to Cobra Kai Jim in Karate Kid he does he does Billy uh, Zane he looks like also, Billy Zane's dad he does look like Billy Zane's dad he's also been in a couple other movies we covered and I had it written down and now I can't find the damn thing um shoot he's also the lead in a movie which I have had on the back burner for the podcast for eternity called Doll Man where Horror he movie? plays a 
No, he he plays a alien who comes an alien bounty hunter who comes to Earth, and when he's on Earth, he realizes he's only thirteen inches tall. Weird. Yeah. Um, he, he's also the lead of the Trancers franchise. I'm seeing here four of those. Wildly unfamiliar. Yeah, I've never heard of Trancers, but he was. Come on, give me the damn. Near Dark. He plays uh, Loy in Near Dark. So he's one of the, I believe. I Not one of the vampires. The f- no, I believe he's the father of the kids. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Are, so I think that's who he is. Um, But he's got uh 210 movie credits. So you've seen him in something probably. Impressive. John Candy's like pretend- saying he can read their lips and obviously he's wrong. It's just infuriating. And then he slips down the roof. And grips onto this window that, like, flips around completely. That's not what windows do, but sure, movie. No. Yeah. But, like, that that is kind of funny. And then the movie immediately is like, oh, well, that wasn't a 10, so our next joke has to be a 30. And he's he's standing on top. It's one of those places where, like, all the ceiling fans want run off one motor. Like, with a belt. They're all connected by a belt. And he's standing on a very long... stem for lack of a better word i don't know what it's actually called but like the fan connected to the ceiling by a very long stem and he's standing on top of the fan and this and no one in the restaurant notices heard the window saw this man up there whatever and that's fine like it's a dumb movie that's okay it's too dumb like you are not that dumb right but like in a Naked Gun movie, that wouldn't be weird, you know what but I mean? Like I, Frank Drebin being up there would be fine. But I also so feel like, like in Naked Gun or Mel Brooks, like there's more chatter in the restaurant. Yeah, this restaurant yeah, is yeah. almost quiet, like it's almost silent. Yeah, there's no. They didn't put in the ambient like. There's no. There's no clinking of. This is not a yeah. a, a family dinner in Blue Bloods. A Reagan yeah. family dinner. <laughs> click click clacking click clacking but so someone threw a box of rusty silverware down some stairs <laughs> <laughs> this little kid sees him up there and the the inexplicably the motor for the fan is connected to like a boat uh speed throttle. thing yeah, yeah throttle yeah, that's the word yeah, you're right th- throttle yeah and so this is dumb to begin with but this is really dumb and nitpicky and i hate being like mr dumb and nitpicky but if you're going to do this dumb joke, the kid should not be moving the thing from dead stop to slow, slow ahead, and then slow. And He's putting it in on the slow side, not the fast side. And I was like, oh. well, stop showing it to me. <laughs> like, you you did it backwards, so stop showing it to me. Like, just don't show me the, the, the dial saying slower because the kid is turning the fan up, not down. But still, like John Candy is making almost no noise. He's yeah. gripping the fan blade, being whipped around in the air, and no one yeah. is noticing. Yeah, he goes. He goes from standing on it to like slipping down, which again doesn't make any logical sense. I, I understand it's like a dumb comedy, and I'm thinking about it, but it's just it doesn't work. <laughs> like it's not. It's there's a movie where this exact joke plays funny, and it's not. This well, also they're. They don't pay it off. You you see him like white knuckling the fan blade as he's whipping around at high yeah. speeds, and then the next shot is him like wobbling because he's too like dizzy. And I was like, absolutely, yes. you. I need to see a dummy fly off the thing. I need to see a yes. hole in the wall. Yeah. Like, yep. I yep. need a connecting. Launch beat. him into the water. It's funnier if he goes through the wall and into the water. Agreed. Yeah, and then like, and then you or know put what? him in the lobster tank, That's- like. 
sure, uh, he comes out with ten lobsters pinching. Mm-hmm. Also good. But my the one I thought of was like he goes through the thing into the water, and then some fisherman is like, "I got a big one." Oh, that's fun. Andy. You know, like. If we're going to do that kind of comedy, do that kind of comedy. Like you, you were afraid of it somehow, but you did like eight of you did sixty five percent of. Actually, that's what it should have been. Rather than him sliding down the roof and falling into the restaurant, uh, a fisherman should have done the like on the back end of the like when you go back to go forward on the back end of the cast. It his hook should have gone flying and hooked John Candy's lapel. Or collar, the back of his oh, collar, sure, sure, and then sure. he's getting like w- pulled off the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the type of joke that you, based on this movie, that's the type of joke you wanted to be doing, but just didn't do for some reason. Yeah, it, it's it, it, it's just. I will say I was amused by the wide shot of what was so clearly a dummy because it is rigid as a board. <laughs> it is spun around. Flat. It's not like flailing at all. Like I like I would think they would do a dummy with like the loose legs, legs loose at the knee so they would flutter. Nope. It's the, the Muppets have done more believable versions of this gag. And this is a straight out of the Muppets joke. Except the Muppets make Gonzo noise and people notice and it's fun. Right. Yeah, Gonzo goes, wow, wow, wow. And then we see you a know? cutout of Gonzo on the wall. Like, they, yeah, you have yeah. to pay off the joke. Yeah, 100%. He, instead, he does the, like, same thing I did when I was a part of the stunt show at uh, Universal, the, the disaster ride, mm-hmm. and Dad, where we, like, stumbled coming up as if we had, you know, taken a big fall and were dizzy. Like, that's funny when you're at a theme park. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it is. Being a volunteer. It's not necessarily funny when it's in your major motion picture. Uh, Annie Potts and her lover remove her husband's brakes. Or I guess the fluid. I don't, I yeah. don't know cars. They, they, he drains the brake fluid so that the brakes will slowly fail as opposed to failing immediately. The idea is like, he wants them to like work for a little bit and then eventually stop working. Okay. So he just takes some of the fluid out. Uh, Candy goes to Jeffrey Jones and says, hey, Annie Potts is having an affair and she kidnapped and kidnapped the daughter. And Jeffrey Jones is like very upset that Annie Potts. Is, I'm like, she's not a yeah. she's fully not yours at all. Like she's married yeah. to someone well, else. That, the other thing was like, I couldn't tell it. Se- I thought that, oh, Annie Potts is not sleeping with him. And. Is it like he's mad because she's like, I'm married, I won't cheat, and now he's like, well, you'll you'll have sex with this other guy? Like, I, I can't, couldn't, couldn't tell. figure it out. Uh, he does a hilarious stunt double backflip. It's, yeah. Again, it, it, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. This, this is very Naked Gun. This is very Mel Brooks. Yes. Yes. Also, this is where he, like, shows off the boots, and it was like, oh, the boots, is this going to mm-hmm. be? No. Sorry, no. Although, it's frankly, it, it. it's funnier if the stunt double is, like, fully not him. Like... I mean, it pretty much wasn't. It was wearing like a carrot top. But they were they, they were clearly trying. It, it wasn't like oh, they took a gym, an actual like Olympic gymnast body type guy. Yeah, like, I always fair. think that's funnier. Where it's like a skin tight suit that's showing off rippling muscles doing the backflip, and then cutting yeah. back to John Candy being like, "How was that?" Yeah, yeah. I always like think that's funny. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield in. Uh, Back to school, where the diver is like rippling muscles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's Tom Daly, and, yeah. and then they cut to Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, like, oh, I'm all out of breath. Um, 
So he he goes to the house and he's going to tail Annie Potts and the tennis instructor. Also, the fact that this man doesn't figure out that his wife is cheating on him when she's just like leaving in the middle of the day with her tennis instructor is very, very silly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although he's, he's he admits he doesn't love her, I think. Yeah. He's like, I married her in a, a questionable decision or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But so John Candy, is he's like polishing this really cool old car from the 30s. And John Candy hops in it with Shawnee Smith, and they're they're tailing Annie Potts, and we get Goldberg skating down the hill, but in a car. I honestly thought this was pretty well edited. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to say nice things about this movie. I thought this sequence was well edited. Shawnee Smith has some good reaction so- shots. Candy has some good reaction shots. This was much better than it should be. Not great, mind you, but much better than it should be. I agree. Uh, the only thing, my biggest complaint is all of a sudden at the end of the sequence. John Candy pulls out a book called Emergency Driving Made Easy and like holds it in front yes. of his face to the camera. And I was like, yeah. that's not this movie. That's not this movie. Yeah. 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 Also, the the book has an Indiana Jones font, like making it seem like it was written by an Indiana Jones type, yeah. which I found amusing. Yeah. And then this he crashes into a tree and an orange falls into his lap, or hits him in the head and then falls into his lap. Yeah. And it's just like, th- I'm, I like that movie where you pull out a book mid mid you know, breakaway car. I like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't make that movie. You made half of that movie. Right. And so I'm mad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You're totally right. Also, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the car, Shawnee Smith has like three or four earrings in her left ear and none in her right ear. I just could not stop. looking. I didn't at notice that. that. Uh, so at this point I had an audible, Oh boy, because we're doing like a full uh, racist caricature of an Indian person. We're doing the beginning of Aladdin or, cab driver yeah the guy at the beginning yeah. uh, robin williams character in the beginning of aladdin who's selling yeah. you stuff yeah yeah for sure or you know uh any cab driver stereotype character in a movie in the 90s or hell into the 2000s uh you know a poo from the simpsons like we're doing that sort of thing yeah um and and you know he's got the the brown face and the beard and the turban um the, i think that's the correct term yeah i believe it's turban Okay. Um, and he. It's like Alibaba like, oh, air conditioning or something like wildly yeah, offensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also calls him Sabu at one point. This is, uh, by the way, Joe Flaherty, uh, uh, fellow SCTV alum, uh, and also, as I always point out, the Dracula in Kids Safe, the video. Oh, it is! Our commentary on, on Patreon. If you go over there and you get it's a bizarre artifact from our youth. Kids Safe, the video. But Joe Flaherty plays Dracula in it, and for some reason, that is the only thing I will ever remember from him. Despite I like him as an actor, I've seen him in a number of things. I think he's a solid character actor. I'm surprised there were more um, SCTV people in this. Like, Yeah. I yeah, mean, if you weren't going to yeah. put any Potts, not- you probably would have put Catherine O'Hara. But like, how about like a Eugene Levy is the guy at the hair salon, you know, give me a little. Oh yeah. Well, I said, I said Eugene Levy could have been Harry Crumb, but yeah, he could have been the. No, I know. But like, yeah, give him, give me, you know. Or he could have been the dad. Eugene Levy could have been the dad. Yeah. I don't even need him to be that big of a role. Just like make him the maitre d' and have him go like, wow, I've never seen the lobster tank do that before. You know, like give me. Or Rick Moranis can do that. That's the exact Moranis energy for this movie. Sure. Um. The one thing about this I found, this is purely a trip thing. He calls him Sabu, obviously being a racist person. Mm-hmm. But then later, John Candy does a pitch-perfect suicide dive wrestling move, perfected by a guy who wrestled as Sabu. So I was oh, like... Oh, weird. Huh. 
That was kind of an odd coincidence. So he's doing like a diehard uh, vent situation here in the air conditioning, trying to get pictures of Annie Potts and the co-conspirator. But for some reason, it's like in a way that like there's no way any air vent would be built like this. There's the central no. vent and then the actual like like the central like, you know, tube of air, tube of whatever. Duct. And then the duct. Yeah. And then the actual vents go up like it's like an upward yeah. shoot to where the vent is. And I was like, that's so impractical for air distribution. Yeah. Why on yeah. earth would it ever do that? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's also like, as these things always are in movies, seven times the size of what it really is. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I've I've cleaned the inside of a duct in my house. And I can tell you it's about the width of my uh, my elbow to my wrist. It's not a big space. Uh, but of course, they're they're crawling through it. I I guess in apartment buildings they might be larger. Yeah, they're larger in commercial space. But, be, but they only did that so that he John Candy couldn't see into the into the apartment, which like whatever. Yes, yeah. But then also like the payoff for this is he takes pictures without looking at them. Yeah, hands them to Ed Rooney, and Ed Rooney is in the pictures, and John Candy is like, "Oh look, this guy has a tiny dick," and it's like you didn't look at the pictures. Don't you don't know that? That's what, what that, that's what's about? so frustrating about it is that it he keeps talking like that, and I was like, you didn't look at them, you have no yeah. idea what it was, and then yeah, they keep hearing all he can hear is the TV, and it's like it's like in you know Home Alone where they're yeah fake noir fake noir, but they're like we're running away to Buenos Aires with the money, kill the girl, I don't care, and I was like, oh, so that's gonna throw him on a wild goose chase? No, it's actually right for no reason that we never get yeah. explained. It's right. Yeah, yeah, no, they are actually going to Buenos Aires. So, yeah, uh, somehow this is this is the information. Also, we did not mention this, but this is the most like '80s bachelor pad apartment. The guy has like lucite plastic bar oh, stools, yeah. a huge stereo, and then truly inexplicable choice: a tennis racket mobile. Well, he's a tennis instructor. Sure, but like a mobile. Yeah, it's a movie, so he that's that's how we know who he how about, is. Like, how about like a painting of a tennis racket? <laughs> yeah. You know? I also love, like, truly no notes love how Annie Potts plays this scene where Ed Rooney comes in. He, like, tricks her boyfriend into leaving his own apartment and then shows up and is like, I'm going to blackmail you into having sex with me. And she's like, all right, fine. She is yeah. so bored and unaffected yeah. and, like, not in, <laughs> she, in it at all. She's She's in her bra actively smoking a cigarette. Well, he is like kissing her neck and she is just like rolling her eyes like, <sighs> yeah, like practically looking at her watch. It's yeah. she plays it so well. Yeah. Uh, then she's like, oh, I'm too hot. Go turn the air on. He tries to turn the air on. It's not working. John Candy's hitting the John Candy is covered in snow now from the air conditioner. Yeah. He his beard freezes. His fake beard freezes. Rooney starts hitting the vent with a tennis racket mm-hmm. it's like how is that gonna fix anything and then annie potts is like oh put on the exhaust is that what she set says? it to exhaust it's We're probably d- just blocked up and i was like i don't this seems this isn't i don't think this is real i was like i've i've not seen every air conditioning unit but i've never seen a reverse option on a suck to blow units yeah or blow to suck uh, i guess in this instance y- yeah exactly uh never seen that particular thing and so john candy gets on like a giant sl- first of all it sucks everything out of his pockets which i have to admit i kind of laughed that at, was like, fun whatever 
a bunch of dollar bills and a bunch of loose coins. <laughs> it was kind of funny. But then it was it was him on like a slip and slide uh, by making of, turns uh, somehow. Yes. Yeah. There's like there's like a point where he comes to a, a fork and I was like, oh, he's going to smash into that. That'll be like the joke. No, he just like goes left. And then we have a bit where Joe Flaherty hears a bunch of noise in the vent. A single quarter comes out and he catches it. And he's like, ooh, quarter. And I was like, come on, man. This, I know it's 1989, but that's still one worse shit. And then like you got yourself a gumball. You're yeah, excited about A this. plastic ring. Yeah. And then more noise comes and he's like, ooh, more change. And he's like ready to catch it. And this is where Candy comes out in like a full wrestling suicide dive and knocks him all over the place. Um, Annie Potts picks like gets the next ransom letter that says I want the money by Friday, and she's like, "Well, that's not enough time yes. for me to kill my husband." So she takes a black sharpie, crosses out. This is really it's good. all it, it's crazy. It's it's all magazine cutouts, like classic, you know, yeah. kidnapping ransom stuff. Note. Yeah, she takes a black sharpie and crosses out Friday, and then glues new word new letters to make Monday above it. Yes. Yeah. Again, if we're doing a naked gun movie, this is funny, but this isn't a this doesn't have that toad. Yeah. Like she should have just pasted M O N over F R I and no one would have known. Right. But Yes, exactly. I, I get why you would do this. It's a funny joke. Like it's a funny idea, but it just doesn't make any sense. It's funnier it, it, it make the whole thing naked gun like this. Right. So Candy has a stationary bike in his office. The weird, not like any stationary bike I've ever seen in my life. I I have seen this where you can like take your regular bike and like put a thing on it and you can ride it in the house, but it is not as elaborate. As yeah, the ones that I've seen are just like a mount that it sits on yes. so that you can pedal freely. Yeah. So he's pedaling on this bike. He's talking to Rooney after he shows him the pictures of him having sex with Annie Potts that, that uh, Candy clearly hasn't looked at. And he's like, he's like, there's just one thing I can't figure out what this lever does. It must be some kind of break. And it's like, ah, I know where this is going. And he yanks I mean, I didn't know exactly where it was going, but I knew I knew where it was going to start. I didn't know <laughs> where it was going to end. <laughs> so he pulls the lever. The bike ejects from the harness. He goes Kool-Aid man style through the <laughs> wall, which I got to admit, I did laugh at. Yeah, finally they showed it. Tell you about it. Yeah. And then he grabs the the door jam of Rooney's office. The bike continues. He, yeah, he like gymnast in a circus. Hop, hop, yes. hop. Yeah. Holding on to this door jam with his fingertips. The bike hits the priceless fossil collection and then continues rolling. Knocks the Fabergé, or not Fabergé, pterodactyl egg over smashes it to pieces also we had a bit earlier where they were in rooney's office and rooney had to make like a diving catch for the egg mm-hmm. candy was like touchdown it's just it's all ridiculous but again i can't get over like what is in rooney's office is worth 10 million dollars yes he he like he does not need this 10 million dollars expensive yeah um we cut back to the the rich the kidnapped girl's family's house and the poor police detective is so angry at everyone. I'm just like, yeah, he's a moron. Yeah. Yeah. She's like really over this shit. And then, but then they do the thing where it's like candy picks up a stack of money and he, sp- he flips through with his thumb and he's like, this is missing money. And she's like, you can't possibly know. Uh, he did. He, like, he had picked up two and said, it's, it's all there. It's all there. And then the third one, he said it wasn't. And they made her, she was, he was like, count it then. And so she does. And he, he was right. And I was like, Right. What character are you writing? 
Yeah, yeah. It truly feels like there were two scripts and the two pages responsible for bringing the new versions to the guy that, who was going to read them, the executive, who were coming from opposite ends of the hallway, <laughs> bumped into each other, and they were like, oh, shit. And then they put the scripts together, and the one that the guy approved had, like, 20% of script serious script edit and 80% of the goofball script edit. And he was like, it's perfect. There's your picture. And, like, that's what we have here somehow. Yeah. Or, you know what, even... <laughs> Even more likely, he got two complete scripts that were separate and was like, nope, and he ripped them in half and just stuck and, like, taped them together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the drop-off's going to happen at the racetrack. The the, the police under. tracker has a range of three miles, which is adorable. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, Candy's going to be undercover as a jockey. And I was like, okay, we're going to get a bit where, like, he's riding on a horse. That's going to be silly. Like, no, the bit is... And now, mind you, in a Mel Brooks movie, this joke is good, where there's phone booths, and then there's special tiny phone booths for jockeys, who are small. It's cool, because I I didn't know that until I watched Pushing Daisies, where there's a whole episode about... Oh, yeah, jockeys are tiny guys. Yeah, well, Kristen Chenoweth's character was a former jockey, which is funny, because she's very tiny, and so all of her friends are very tiny people who got killed. Yeah, so... Candy like wedges himself into a tiny phone booth, which he can't use because he's a big man. Yes, and like you know, big guy in small space. It's not funny. the most cutting edge joke, but this is funny. I'm I'm, I'm laughing. Rooney comes and takes the money. Yeah, Rooney calls him like, on the on the payphone and goes, "Give the money to to Jeffrey Jones." And I was like, "That seems very like I know he's an idiot, but that does seem suspicious." Yeah. And I don't know what I don't what I, version I, of John Candy is gonna you know get this. Right, right, right. Uh, so he's got this Halliburton case of cash. Uh, he, he takes it. Uh, we have this escape from New York style radar happening with like a green dot on a grid, which I like. And then Rooney is smart enough to throw the transponder out and it gets run over by a car and stops working. John Candy Um, at this point tells Shawnee Smith, Hey, the flight to Buenos Aires isn't until four. So we have all the time in the world. And I was like, but they're not going to Buenos Aires. Right. Why like why is that the thing? And so I think what happened is he told Rooney the plan I don't remember if this was in the movie, but I think I can deduce using my powers of deduction. He told Rooney the plan was to go to Buenos Aires. So Rooney then makes his plan to go to Buenos Aires. Which doesn't make sense because if I just thought Rooney it was a happenstance and the movie was was bad at explaining anything. Well, it also doesn't make any logical sense because if Rooney is like, oh, he thinks it's going, they're going to Buenos Aires, I should go anywhere else. Yeah, literally anywhere. <laughs> like, like, like the world is infinite. I'll just pick not there. Uh, so Annie Potts is trying to find the case with the schlubby, uh, the, I guess he's not a schlub, but the tennis instructor guy. Also, this guy is like not nearly fit enough to be like the sexy tennis instructor. He's, yeah, he needs to be a little more jacked. He uh, or and like twenty five years younger. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with him have being, you know, comparable in age, but he just was not like the hot, sexy yeah. young thing. So they find this empty case and she's all mad at him. Candy gets freed by the phone booth by a bunch of jockeys tugging him out, tug of war style at the behest of Shawnee Swift, Smith, who is like swinging a, jo- a buggy whip, <laughs> which I thought was very Yeah, she's weird. got the crop. Um, so Rooney switches to cabana wear at the airport. I, I kind of liked that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like the end of yeah. <laughs> the end of fucking uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. John Hammond, which is the same energy. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he calls Annie Potts yes. and he's like, "Hey, I have the ten million. Come to the come to Buenos Aires with me." And she's like, "Her boyfriend is her lover is in the shower." And she's like, "You got it." So she shows up truly dressed as the Chiquita Banana Woman. It is the best outfit. Like it is so conspicuous. I, I, but like complete, uh, uh, yeah, conspicuous is the right word. And I meant to say that Ronald McDonald, yellow and red. Yeah. It's, she is, I, it's not a bit. She is dressed like the Chiquita Banana Lady. Yeah. <laughs> With the fruit on her head, you know? I know, Carmen Miranda. Uh, yeah. Uh, but also, like, earlier John Candy was tailing them in the most conspicuous cars. That's consistent for this movie, that, like, nobody does anything sneaky. There's a double cross at the airport as the Chiquita Banana Annie Potts uh is there with rooney the other guy shows up he's like you shouldn't talk so loud on the phone when i'm in the shower and he's got a gun in the airport which is like oh my god remember that remember the most remember the the (laughs) truly lawless airport times we could live in (laughs) and and i love later like like there's a pretty good gag with uh, the metal detector and i was just like do they even have that like they do still yeah, you know, I know they do now. I'm saying, like, in 1989, couldn't you just, like, stroll through? It's not like you needed a ticket. Yeah, right. But, so, Annie Pot's lover brings a gun to the airport and takes the suitcase full of money, and Annie Pot Annie Potts immediately is like, thank God you're here. And I was like, yes, play all sides. I love everything about this. Yes. Yeah. She's like, so she- I want whoever is, hol- whoever is currently holding the $10 million is who I want. Yeah. This is actually really good. So they, they, she, she teams up with the tennis guy. They find this room that says no admittance, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know what here. room this is in an airport." It's fucking Jigsaw's playroom. Like, why is this? But also like here? Christian Grey's red room. It's like both. It's both sexy it's kinda, and dangerous. They tie him to a chair, and then they put chains on the chair, and then they use like a pulley system to raise like a the mechanical chair up, winch. But like, why is what are they winching in this room? It's like I it's don't like know. Gate twenty at the airport. It's not like the the engine repair area. So this is where we have the the bit that goes on too long of John Candy yeah. getting having to go back through the metal detector. Like truly, my nightmare scenario in an airport. Like, yes. thank God for precheck because if if that ever happened to me, I'd be like, you were <laughs> step over there and let the, let the people who know what they're doing walk through. You buffoon yeah. and. Well, especially because the final punchline to this joke is like, oh, yeah, I have a metal plate in my head. Bud, like, what is this character? He's too dumb to function. Yeah. Uh, we got a holding out for a hero needle drop, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw that in the IMDb trivia before I watched the movie. And so I was just like, what? what is the context of that going to be? And then it's them doing a bit straight out of Arrested Development, which is driving the stairs truck from an airport yes. in, like, a chase sequence. Um, and this gets bonkers, where, like, she keeps, like, having near misses. She she bumps Candy off the tail of a plane. He takes, like, a, a tumble down the stairs, and he has to go back to the top. And then they have a near miss with a luggage trolley, and then one of the carts disengages, goes through the wall. I forgot that the woman was being held hostage at So the she wasn't. She was being held hostage at, like, a... a- a, f- a horse stall a farm of some kind it was like a big animal farm yeah. and then it was like for some reason they're like we're gonna store her at the we're gonna we're gonna move her from this secure location to the airport for no reason and hide her in this weird like i don't know it looks like an ice fishing hut in the middle in the middle yeah. of the yeah, of the runway and we had seen the guy in there with the cattle prod like Ro- rooney's like you know lackey guy who was gonna help him with his kidnapping plot and so the cart 
that gets dis- detached from the little train of luggage cars breaks through the wall, hits this guy. He slides on the floor for like 20 feet, a la candy in the vent and goes headfirst into a transformer with the kettle prod and surely. Gets oh, he, 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 uh, <laughs> gets the, uh, old Daniel Stern treatment from one of the home alones. Yeah. Whenever that, whichever one that but one like, is. But instead of the part at Home Alone where Daniel Stern turns into a skeleton and then is like, wow, that hurt. This man is never shown in the movie again, so presumably is dead. Well, also, I don't think the thing, I don't think the luggage cart fully goes through the wall. I think it just bumps into it. Yeah. But somehow that girl gets rescued. And I was like, I don't know how. And like the electricity, the transformer blows up. It's like chaos. Meanwhile, they're still driving the stairs. The plane stairs. Direct, yeah, the plane's there's directly at the door of the airplane that uh, they crash it in tennis guy into the door. Like the door crashes in this 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 pressurized door that can only open out gets crashed inwards. Yes. Candy, no worse for the wear, walks through with like a hero score sting underneath it. Like you know the I genuinely thought this thing. was not going to be their plane. That would have been funnier, like much funnier if it was. But no, they have like a showdown. The guy pulls the gun on the plane again. Wow. Wow. Uh, the classic bad guy has a gun and never uses it. I, and and Annie Potts is like, shoot him, you idiot. I wanted Annie Potts here to be like, oh, thank God he was kidnapped. I, oh, I fucking wish. I was really mad because like they just did this bit and like established that Annie Potts is only out for herself and, and like it, i was like oh so she's now gonna be like thank god you're here he was kidnapping me she was southern in this movie but yes i get your point yeah yeah well i you know i have a limited range um so the they have like the tiniest of fights candy's like i know i aikido but doesn't do any aikido really of course not and then uh they, they he's like i'm arresting you win. for kidnapping your daughter and i was like that wasn't their crime yeah. And then we cut to the inside the airport where the kidnapped girl has been rescued magically. We don't know how. And then yeah. the actual police detective is well, so angry. Somebody investigated the building with a hole in it. But yeah, it's not shown. Yeah. And then the actual police detective is just so angry and they make her fucking apologize to him. And I was like, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Absolutely not. But this woman like- detective in 1988 does not have to apologize also, to this bumbling white man. But also, like, in the context of the movie, she was wrong and he was right. It's crazy. He was not right, though. But he but he got the... He ends up getting the bad guys. All of them. Well, so... Because but, in a minute, he gets Rooney. But Ro- only because Rooney confesses. He straight up... He right, said that, that uh, w- w- what he's arrested uh, Annie Potts and her, hus- her lover for, it's never going to stick because they didn't do that crime. No, but they did. They did do other crimes. I imagine that they'll end up, you know, having that cover some of those bases. I don't know how the law works like that in 1988. Yeah, but so he's like, shh, 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 I hear something, which is like this. This time they finally have the like wow, 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 wow background noise. So there's yeah. no way he would hear this man. But whatever, it's a stupid movie. They, they open the door, uh, or Candy kicks the door open just as Rooney is swinging towards it, like he's trying to escape by getting his foot on the doorknob. He gets hit in the face for one more physical gag. He starts, like, rambling at Rooney, who gets so mad. It's like, this is a little bit of Columbo of, like, he badgers him into confessing. Yeah. Um, but, like, way worse, obviously. Um, 
and or uh, Charlie Kale from uh, from Poker Face. Yeah, yeah, same vibes. Uh, but yeah, so he, you know, he gets ready to confess, and then it's like, oh, now uh, Harry Crumb is president of Crumb and Crumb, which you know makes sense. I have to ask though. So this final scene, he's got this crazy '80s door that's like silver and black vertical stripes. Yeah. Was it doing the thing like I don't the know moire. if you see this, but like, is that where it gets like yeah. blurry? Yes. If 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 your pattern is too fine in TV, yes. it looks like it's moving. Like you see it a lot with men's ties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was genuinely giving me nausea. Like I was like, oh, <laughs> mine was shit. not it that was bad like, because it was such a big. Like normally it's a tie. It's like pretty easy to not look at it. It was the whole wall behind John Candy, and I was like, oh god, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> Uh, and then our final joke of the movie, uh, the Bottoms Up Club is a now. great bar, a gay bar name. I have to yeah, like, uh, I yeah, have to give credit. Is, I I hope there's yeah. still a bar called the Bottoms Up Club. Surely somewhere in the United States or elsewhere is the Bottoms Up Club. But they're like, you got to call. You know, it's very much like we got one. Mm-hmm. You have to go to San Francisco, and then he comes out in like very much like a drag queen Dolly Parton thing. He, it's a serve. Uh, I got to be honest, like. He would, if he was on the, <laughs> the main stage at RuPaul's Drag Race, is, kind of serve. The lights in the hair is really something. It's a nice touch. It's got like Christmas lights woven, woven into it. And he's like, uh, you know, he throws his scarf over his shoulder and I forget what his final line is, something stupid. And then it's like, you know, clearly it was like, Harry Crumb will be back in Harry Crumb, San Francisco treat. And it's like, no, he won't. No, no you will not. So the the look at the end of this movie is very similar to him in Armed and Dangerous, where he's, I don't know, oh, okay. I've only seen the clip, a short clip of him in drag, and so I don't know if his whole character is a gay guy or a drag queen, or this is undercover thing, so I don't it's know. probably that. It would be shocking to me if his whole thing was that he was a, a drag performer or whatever uh, back then, but final thoughts on, on this bad boy? <sighs> Meh. It's not easy to find, and it's not particularly great. It's Great performances from Shawnee Smith and Annie Potts, which is a shame, but like, yeah, the rest of it's just also very unassuming, you know. Naked Annie Potts, naked Annie I Potts, no existed. Uh, you know, not to be a lecherous scumbag, <laughs> but you know, I was shocked by it in this movie. Yeah, it's like I, clearly he was very uh, fond of this bit, this character in this movie and this performance. Like, obviously, the way he talked about it and that he paid for his own billboards, like, he loved it. Um, I, like I said, I do wonder, like, I think there is a world in which we watched this a bunch when we were 10 and you know, tw- 10 to 12 or eight to 12 or whatever. Like when we were watching the great outdoors and summer rental and the other giant movies. I, that we watched. I just think that those movies make more I cohesive sense. I do think sense. they're better. I do think they're better. I don't think there's any argument that they are better. I don't know that they're much better. Do you know what well, I mean? I, I just mean like from a, from an objective, like movie making f- comedy writing standpoint they're more cohesive and and yeah. a lot like there's they're solid yeah i get that I, I mean i certainly like those movies better it's like i think this movie is like a c minus i think those movies are like realistically like a c plus but for me personally it's more like a b minus because I, I think they're i think they're solid easy b minus like for me it might be okay. a b but i think in general it's a b minus yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, I think they're, yeah. I think if you were to look at, like, contemporary reviews of them, they probably said the same things about that as they said about this, although they were more successful, I think. Um, I did not check box offices. But, yeah, I, I, I would be curious. It's, it's You know, it's impossible to know. I'd be curious if anyone out there who's listening was, like, 
uh, fan like watched this as a kid and any and, and also watched any of those others and what their what their read is on this. But yeah, it's kind of an odd duck of a, of yeah. a movie. Um, I would not recommend this either. I did. No. I did. It is on Showtime. I don't know how long it'll be there. Um, that's where I watched it. But it is. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a. Uh, I was kind of excited for it, and I thought the poster looked fun. But the other thing we did not touch on is he is inexplicably a redhead in this movie. It's a weird. It's a kind of, it's almost it's a distracting hairpiece. Yeah, and, and I was wondering, like, it's a wig in the shape of what I know to be John Candy's hair pattern. So it yeah. very much confused me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite know what they were going yeah. for there. Because I, I I started being like, oh, is this like right after he shaved his head for stripes? But no, that was like years before this. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't. I don't know what the. Uh, but for whatever reason, he has this like strawberry blonde hair in this movie. Um, uh, well, anyway, uh, yeah, that's two not recommends, which is a bummer. But, uh, you know, we're going to try new candy movies and we're going to, you know, f- find some gaps in there, I'm sure. Can't all be winners. Um, right. So we'll be back in two weeks with one I'm pretty sure we're going to speak highly of, although I haven't rewatched it in a long time. Uh, that'll be Uncle Buck to take us into Thanksgiving. It's having uh, a moment uh, for audio on like TikTok and Instagram reels. The the question oh, and really? answer sequence with Macaulay Culkin and uh, and John Candy of like, okay. How, okay. what's your? Do you have a wife? No. Why not? Longer story. Like, is for is like a yeah. weird viral audio yeah. recently. Okay, interesting. Uh, I just love the pancake bit. I think yeah. about it every time. It's so I good. Pancakes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we'll be back for the uh, Thanksgiving episode of Candy Dams uh, with Uncle Buck. Uh, thank you so very much for listening to the show. If you have not reviewed the show, please take the time to do that. It makes a huge difference, especially on the Apple Podcasts app. But anywhere you want to do it is great. And if it's not Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot and send it to us, dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. Uh, for now, you can find us on Twitter at Dissect the 80s, although I think that place stinks and I will probably move to Blue Sky and see if that's any better. Uh, we're also on Facebook and, as always, patreon.com slash the 80s. If you sign up there, you get a custom RSS feed so you can listen in your favorite apps. You can also sync it to Spotify if you're a Spotify podcast listener and uh, you get instant access to the full back catalog. So over a dozen episodes at this point of bonus content. Uh, Great movies, Top Gun, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Who no, Framed Roger Rabbit. Muppets, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, great Muppet great Caper. Muppet Caper. Thank you. That's the one. Um, uh, Footloose and a whole bunch more. So go uh, check that out. Patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Uh, Footloose, I believe, is a video podcast, too, if you're into that thing. Um, so, yeah. Patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Check that out and see if there's a tier that works for you. Thank you again so much for listening. I've been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a Chum Some of This production. <laughs> <laughs>